0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. <clears throat> Let me get my voice all good. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Try to get you a little bit more motivated on investing, and I'll do it any way I can. I, sometimes I will talk about my life sometimes i will talk about business i'll throw in some research for you i do my best one of the things i like to do is kind of show you how it works like i'm trying to think today there's a story out there and i think it's a cool story and i write for a tv show while i'm also doing this show at times so it kind of gives me double focus on what viewers and listeners may want out there. And today's the 13th and tomorrow's the 14th. Love day, right? Um, so one of the things that I started off the day looking at as positive and I went negative on it was I did earlier in the show a little segment on Nike and they're introducing a self-lacing show. And instantly I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, that's really not kind of cool. I want people to save money for retirement, not get $400 pair of shoes. And what's even more embarrassing or or horrible about it is some of these these shoes are now, they're not even out yet. And they're already being resold on two websites. Some two guys figured out a business, and I don't understand this. I was reading about these guys that uh, started the website StockX and Goat, greatest of all time. Who knew that so many people wanted to collect sneakers called sneakerheads? I like it. And again, if you, that trend has even hit CEOs, tech CEOs. Mark Benioff gives a pair of sneakers away every year at his Dreamforce. Like everyone gets some kind of thing. I'm not a sneakerhead, and I. I I'm okay paying a hundred dollars pair for a pair of shoes, and I, that's probably still too much. But sixteen hundred dollars on the aftermarket—what's wrong with people? Yes, they're self-lacing shoes. And if you need me to stand behind you and pat you back on your back every time you show that that trick, look at this self-lacing shoes. And I, I just don't think you're going to win that much love and affection for sixteen hundred dollars. But it's out there. So go to YouTube today. Type in self-lacing shoes. And again, I, earlier in the day, I was like, that's probably a positive for Nike because look, look at how much free publicity they get. But it's also kind of a, a negative for the people who buy the shoes. And I'm looking at you. I don't have anything that, uh, well, i got to be careful what I say. I was going to say, I don't have a lot of stuff that is just outright stupid. There's a big old gold Cadillac in my neighborhood. And it is a, it's starting to rust out, but it, it's the most unique car I see. And it's gold probably because of the 49ers. And that's the car that I want. It's from the 1970s. It has basically a couch in the front seat. So if you get kicked out of the house, you can sleep in your car pretty easily. It's comfy. It's roomy. I don't have anything that I splurge on, and people want me to splurge. Um, well, I guess I could think of some things that I splurge on. So I'll be quiet then I'll come across as ungrateful. CDC confirms the 15th U.S. case of coronavirus amongst evacuees in a Texas military base. That's a big one. Global cases sort of over 60,000. Bernie Sanders is gaining traction in the Democratic primaries. He appears to be saying millionaires less often and focusing mostly on billionaires now. It's interesting that people are watching and they're counting how many times he says one versus the other. The Vermont senator has declared that healthcare is a human right, not a privilege. He wants to cancel student debt. He promises to take on Wall Street drug makers and fossil fuel companies. There's two ways of looking at it. Typically, when you see all that, it's going to be a bad for the stock market. Then again socially conscious investing is starting to catch on. So Coca-Cola and Pepsi get asked every single day why so many plastic bottles? Why so many single-use plastic? Aluminum's easier to recycle than plastic. Yeah. But like the SodaStream, you saw super scientist Bill Nye during a Super Bowl commercial talk about SodaStream. Stream. Not because of me, but because of the generation beneath me, the millennials and such, they're willing to get SodaStream to make their sodas. They don't need to buy single use plastic. SodaStream seems to be in the best position for this. And Coke and, and Pepsi have to figure something out because. Coal companies are so unpopular that when, you were, when I was an investment advisor, you would have kind of a policy like never, ever, never buy people coal companies. They don't want to own them. It could be a stock that gets them 100 percent returns, it could be a stock that gives them 100 percent dividend. it could be a stock that turns you know their hemorrhoids and in, in, cures hemorrhoids and turns bread into gold. People don't want it if it says coal. And I do start to wonder um, if some of these companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, even though they can sell millions and millions and millions and millions and have great cash flow, I wonder if we're going to get to the point where, like, ooh, gross, plastic. I can't buy that company. I do think there's an argument that the way you invest should reflect a little bit of some of the things you believe in. Um, I think you should have some sort of relationship, per se with what your your finances and your investing is supposed to be all about. So Sanders has targeted billionaires as often in, as ever in eight U.S. Democratic primaries so far. Um, he's not letting up on the billionaires, but he's starting to let up on the millionaires. And that's where worst-case scenarios don't necessarily have to play out that way. I started by saying that, you know, uh, some of the things that he wants to fight for are not good news for Wall Street, as far as you know, corporate spending goes, as far as business spending. But I'm also starting to see he's already starting to soften a bit, so we don't really know. And keep in mind he's a millionaire, so he can't really knock millionaires. So, and I don't knock millionaires. Oh, so, but I'm not getting into that conversation today. One of the bigger stories of the day is Tesla shares have reversed early losses, and now they're climbing up, 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 up. They're doing a stock offering, which basically means Elon Musk just pulled in another $2 billion of cash to play with. I don't really want to use the word to play with or the phrase, but it gives him a lot more wiggle room, probably another two years of not having to be solidly um, financially strong, stable. He can have inconsistent results and say, look, we used cash that we had. Ta-da! But also, a lot of people, when companies do secondaries and they issue $2 billion in new stock, a lot of people start getting spooked because people are getting um, uh, diluted. And it's really not a way to, to run a business, to sell paper for, turn paper into cash in mind that paper's cash to you, but I don't want it to be cash to the company too consistently. I want the company to do the company's job. I own no shares of Tesla. I'm Rob Black, I'm talking all things financial. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. There was a a release, a study from Fidelity that came out in the last 24 hours. And you can't put too much into studies. I just kind of want to remind you some of the findings from it. Should uh, wake you up a little bit. Wake up, people. Um, What we have is automatic enrollment. It's catching on. Record 35% of employers automatically enrolled new workers in their 401k plan. That's good. Average 401k hit record levels. The average 401k balance rose to 112,300 bucks, a 7% increase from last quarter's balance. Um, So there's good and some bad. The bad is really limited in large part to baby boomers. They are now 56 to 74 years old and they have a balance of about $210,400. The median That's where half of that number is above and half is lower than 210,000. Isn't that 69,900? So that tells you that a really small group of boomers have a lot of money and it's, it's changing the average higher, but the median not looking good when you do it on a pure numbers basis. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, get a Chad Burton spot going here. Chad? Now, Certified Financial Planner. Of insurance, and you tell us what they are and why we need them. Let's, okay. Let's start with gap insurance.
1: Yeah, yeah, gap insurance is expre- extremely important, because I think we all know that if you drive a car off a lot, you buy a new car, you drive it off a lot, it immediately depreciates. It's definitely a depreciating asset right away. So when you drive a car off the lot, yep. and you get in a wreck, and you're not insured with gap insurance, then you know you, the car gets totaled, you might owe the bank $35,000. And the insurance company might cover thirty thousand dollars, even though it's a new car that you just drove off the lot. So gap insurance kind of covers that. It's important, especially on leases, when uh, you know you're paying a flat rate, but the car is depreciating pretty rapidly. So gap insurance covers you. And I had a personal situation with this um, in college, where I was on the hook for a thousand bucks after my car was totaled, and they paid off the bank, and I owed a thousand bucks. Not a fun bill to get when you're in college. I hear that.
0: Seems unfair too. Let's talk life insurance rate changes.
1: Yeah, so this, uh, has to do with people that have bought life insurance as an investment in the past. And for the 99 percenters out there, this is a horrible idea. For the one percenters, you got a lot of income. You're maxing out everything else. Sometimes it can be a a good idea if you work with the right person. But most people that bought policies in the eighties and nineties, the, Interest rates have dropped, and the cost of mortality and expenses, which is kind of the overall cost of insurance inside the policy, have gone up. So your policy is probably not performing anywhere close to where it was when the agent sold it to you and showed you this great illustration of that. Hey, if you dump all this money in the cash value, you'll be able to pull on a tax-free in retirement. It's probably way behind what they said. So you, there's there's ways to fix it. Um, you need to ask for an enforce illustration. You need to consult financial advisor that doesn't get compensated for commissions by selling you stuff, so you can get a true outside opinion. But ask for an enforced illustration. See how long your money's going to last at this point in time based on rate changes that have occurred in life insurance. How about disability insurance? Disability insurance is, is so much more important, Rob, than life insurance in terms of statistics. Um, it's way more likely that you're going to spend some time disabled, whether... You're like my wife, who broke her ankle and couldn't nurse for over a year. Um, it, you know, it's it's very very likely that you'll spend some time. So if you don't have good emergency reserves and some disability insurance coverage, um, you could end up ruining your credit and then ruining your life by having to pay for more than any than the average person for cars and homes and things like that. Or even your credit gets so bad, you might not even be able to rent a home. So, you have to cover yourself with disability insurance. Usually, the, this is one where life insurance is usually cheaper to go get it on your own. Disability insurance is usually cheaper when you get it through your employer. Um, and there's other things out there. If you, if you can't afford a full on, hey, I'm covered till I'm 65 type of policy, then maybe it's, uh, you know, AFLAC type policies that are more shorter term or cash in your pocket coverage if you break a leg. Uh, things like that. So, so definitely look at disability insurance as more important than life insurance because you've got to be able to keep food on the table even if you're, if you're injured. We've got about two minutes left. How about key man insurance? Yeah, key man insurance is huge for businesses. So if you have, a business where you have one key sales guy, um, you know, somebody that handles all of the finances, the CEO, um, the founder of the company—something that where if that person goes away, there's a significant drop in revenue or value of the company. You need to cover that person. You have to cover that person. You have to be aware of that. Um, when companies are, are younger and they still need the coverage, then term insurance usually makes sense. But if it's going to be a company that's going to be around a long time, then they have to sometimes go to more of a permanent policy. And that's something that businesses should review and it should be part of the sell agreement between owners. That's more buy sell insurance. Um, so every good, every good business agreement, every good partnership has an exit strategy. So that could also be disability key man insurance as well. Um, and by mean exit strategy, it's either you get in a fight. Here's what happens if you need to split up. If somebody's disabled, somebody gets divorced, somebody has, is dies. Here's what happens. And a lot of times, you need insurance to fund that, so that the company can continue to operate on the same cash flow. In about thirty seconds, quickly umbrella insurance, cheapest form of coverage before you worry about LLCs and all that other stuff. Uh, 350 bucks for a million dollars of coverage. So two times your net worth, maybe minus some retirement account values, is what the formula is to, to get umbrella coverage. Call your property casualty insurance agent today and get that coverage. It's cheap. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. If you have questions,
0: he can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial life and normal stuff, talking about insurance. It's an important part of your financial picture investing important part of your financial picture a lot of it we don't have we complicate it term life insurance is perfect for most people max it out your 401k is ideal for most people and then then you have to worry about buying a house and a car but you could put away some of these like worst case scenarios and like it's too much information for me ugh i'm rob black talking all things financial you can find me at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um... Stocks that you fall in love with, that's a tricky one. I get it. I'm trying to push through a theme of love that maybe I should just give up on. But Barron's did a nice piece on eight stocks that Wall Street loves. And interestingly, they were able to tie it closely enough into Valentine's Day that it wasn't an offensively stupid read. I like Barron's. I like the Wall Street Journal. I like the New York Times. Investors uh, IBT, Business Times out of London. Bloomberg materials are great. Uh, then you start getting into some charting stuff, and then you get into some what I would say not hardcore research, but Wall Street research, Standard Poor's tear sheets, value lines. These are all good resources. So paraphrasing out of Barons, they're looking in for stocks that Wall Street loves. And why? And they, they ran some screens. Essentially, the screen is thing along the line of 90% of the analysts covering each company have to have it a buy. Wow. So there's like a general consensus that it's loved. Pretty dominant consensus, 90%. The average buy rating ratio for the stocks in the Dow Jones average is about 55%. The other screen is, other than 90% of analysts loving it, Or having a buy on it. I I should be careful not to put words into your mind. Just because it's love doesn't mean you should buy it. All eight stocks have the potential to rise at least 10% from recent levels. Okay. Based on the price targets of the analysts who really like it. It's a reasonably high bar to start weeding out some uh, chafe. Weaker names, uh, less compelling names, less compelling loved stocks. Microsoft didn't qualify. It's widely loved. By 92% of analysts out there say it's a buy. 92%. Now, that can get you in trouble, too. What happens when 20% of those people go from buy to hold? Or, meh, it's Okay. So it's widely loved, but the price targets that the analysts have is only 6% higher. So it didn't qualify. The most loved name that Barons could find has diamonds in it. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. If your if her best friend is a diamond, you may need to find a different female friend in your life because <laughs> diamonds aren't good friends. They're beautiful rocks that are way overpriced. But Diamondback Energy is recommended by all 36 analysts. Average target's about 120 bucks. That's up more than 60% from where it is right now. 60% return. There used to be surveys that went around Wall Street, like, what return would you rate, take, and retire? Most people would say somewhere between 12 and 15. So 60%. Ooh-wee trades for only nine times earnings so diamondback energy tells me it's probably got some exposure to the energy sector which is volatile these days and it's it's probably assumed that we're going to be consuming less energy due to the coronavirus and due to the ongoing uh, greta thurnberg and messages along those lines of save the planet and if you don't do it we will but some other names on this love list Norwegian Cruise Lines. Now, there you go. A little Captain Steuben action. A little love boat. Centene, which is a health insurance provider. You know the beautiful thing about insurance? And here comes a cynical, irreverent comment. It sucks. I think it used to be the health insurance industry used to be like really, really like a much better model. But now there's co-pays, there's co-insurance, there's family quotas, there's You get turned down for this. You got to get approval for that. It's gonna take three days for approval. It's too much. It's too much. Engineering firm Quanta Services. Oh wait, wait. About seventeen. I I want to say is here's the good thing about it. Insurance company. A lot like a lot of insurance companies. If you don't pay your bill, they cancel your insurance. And even if you submit a, a bill for them for healthcare costs, they can turn it down. Um that's a good business model. Like okay, when there's risk, I E you're not paying us, you're not giving us cash, <laughs> we are cutting you off from the platform. That's genius. Norwegian Cruise Lines, now again, uh I I just can't get into a cruise investment or in my life yet. It's like it going on a cruise is like you've given up on vacations where you're out in the out in the Elements, It's kind of like a track suit or sweatpants. When you see me in a sweatsuit on a weekend, if you see me on a Friday or a Saturday or Sunday at home Depot in a track suit, I have given up. I no longer have a will to live. I just get out of the shower. I, I, I don't want to borrow, uh, do a belt, uh, just track suiting it. Quanta services. Their engineering firm is on the list of beloved Valentine days kind of stock. The one that I really like, and you're going to laugh at me because I'm a big old sucker romantic is Boston scientific terrible BSX. I don't own any shares of Boston scientific. I've looked at it in the past. Um, I know the company very, very well, but they make medical devices like artificial hearts. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And as I get older, I may need a new heart. I may need new hips. I may need new knees, but we're getting older. And we can talk, blah, blah, how many Americans have money to retire? Bigger questions, how many Americans age 60 and above aren't physically ailing in some way, shape, or form? There's another healthcare giant called Cigna, ticker symbol CI. They're on the list. And again, if you don't know these names, don't go out and buy them. If you don't know these names, go out and do a lot of research. Try to see what, what Wall Street likes about them. Try to see why Barron's would write an article about him. Barron's doesn't want you to lose money. They don't want you to go out and buy these stocks and not knowing what you're doing. The number one stock on the list, and it's not number one, it's just they're not rated, but they gave us eight names. And again, 90% or more of the analysts have to like it. And the analysts have to see 10% upside to the stock from current levels. This one's a little shocking. And again, not, not because I... If I think about it, it's not that shocking. But seeing it on the list, like with healthcare companies and medical device companies, and energy companies, which are severely depressed in value, would be Amazon.com. How did they get on this list? That's that's one of the surprising's to me. And what makes this list even more impressive is if we've had a big stock market rally—not for one years, not for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. This is a market that's running. So to still qualify for this list is pretty impressive. Now, again, Diamondback, 60% upside. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're asking for too much. Who could ask for anything more? Amazon shares are up 17%, adding about $160 billion in market value to the retail tech stock this year. So some of these stocks have already made big moves. And it's a list. I like lists. Don't get too caught up in them. 800 516 1228 calls on the air. Taking a look at the markets um, the year started off pretty hot and the coronavirus kind of tangled things up late January. I feel comfortable we're not overreacting to anything right now. We're but again that's also kind of a problem. It's good that we sometimes have pullbacks. It gets some steam out, get gets some of the pressure out, but a lot of money going into the big tech companies, and they've carried the company, uh, the market's higher. Tesla's up eight bucks today on that news. <laughs> That's interesting. Usually when a company does a secondary to raise cash, they're raising $2 billion with their share price. They're just selling some shares. So they're diluting current shareholders. 15 days after Elon Musk said, we're not going to raise any money. We don't need to. Did you see our earnings? But, and and this is where it's fantastic. Their earnings were earnings before interest, depreciation, amortization, taxation. And that gets a lot of people really, really upset and and weirded out because you can't do that with the IRS. Well, here's what I want you to see, but we want to see your earnings. No, here's what I want you to see. And if you use the, the phrase adjusted EBITDA, the word adjust it makes it even more wacky. I was looking at the finances of some pro sports teams. And the adjustments that they're able to make, it, it almost makes it a no-brainer. Yesterday, we did a little story about, like, Golden State's now worth $4 billion. NBA, average franchise, $2.2 billion, Growing at, you know, 8% to 10%. It makes a ton of sense because the way that the taxes work on big corporations like that and how you can... uh, uh itemize and how you could like uh, the, the, the plays that you can do with amortizing um it's pretty freaky it, it's a pretty popular way it looks like every 15 years of sports franchise should be turned over because you have just this beautiful time frame uh with less tax consequences than most businesses would face when you're that kind of big business anyhow I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Markets are a little bit weaker today, but all things considered, we've had a pretty good two weeks, three weeks, as we're pushing through the coronavirus and impeachment. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Valentine's Day, love is in the air. $20 Twenty billion dollars is what we'll spend this year on Valentine's Day. Of that twenty billion in sales, about four billion will be on movies and dinner. Well, I didn't even think about it. What movies would I see? <laughs> like, I don't even know. We finally don't have one of those fifty shades of gray movies to Yeah. Uh, that get released only on Valentine's Day weekend or whatever. What have you? Weird but true. 20% of people will buy a Valentine's Day treat for their pet. One point, and trust me, your pet doesn't know. $1.5 billion will be spent on Valentine's Day cards. Which I'm happy for because it's nice that we, like, we're like we not tweeting, Hey, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Ha, ha, ha. You didn't even take the time to buy a card and write your, uh, write your name on it? Yes, I am guilty of that. I do resemble that remark, right? More than once in my life. So, I'm not the best at love and advice there. I can tell you, CFP Chad Burton and I have got this thing that you get poor by too many wives, too many cars, too many houses. Um, And it's a it's a bit of a joke, clearly. Too many wives. Um, You know, we're poking fun at the, the obvious, but divorce is costly. So and I look at the 20 billion spent on Valentine's Day. And how many how many nights did I try to like? Yeah, you get the idea. Too much energy went there. Not enough energy went into my 401k. eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to each calls on the air. The CDC confirms the fifteenth case of coronavirus amongst evacuees under quarantine at a Texas military base. So you're still headlines kinda hitting on that. Tesla's new stock offering is I think a smart idea. Stock is really appreciated, and that's one of the deals is they're allowed to sell more shares. And that's a company that has cash flow issues. I own no shares of Tesla. For me, a lot of their operation costs are getting lower because they don't come out with a, a new Model X year or Model S year. So it's not like the 2014 Model S. A lot of their costs are into setting up the business and then executing. So the next couple of things for Tesla for me will be, do they make any headway ever in solar roofs? is the tesla truck all that in a bucket of chicken gonna be on the road i have a friend who wants one i'm like you're kidding go with a good land rover like land rover one of the most expensive cars with one of the worst safety features Uh, mechanical failures are, are all too common to learn that your wipers have to be well, they we have to drop the engine to put new wipers on. And you're like, what? What? what, what? Not a smart vehicle, all things considered. 800 516 1220 beach calls in the air. I've been talking a lot about cruise lines recently, obviously, because of the coronavirus. But cruise stocks are making a comeback. Now, I guess you would say the best news possible for a cruise line is like a no, no, no. Not the best news possible. The best news possible for someone who invests in stocks and is trying to try and trade disasters would be like worldwide viruses hitting a whole industry because cruises are notorious. If one person gets sick, everyone gets sick. But Carnival Cruise Lines, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian Cruise Lines, they all are down 13%, 12%, 7% this year. in a market market's really not down that much. Now you're starting to see gains of 4%, 3.5%, 4%. So they're starting to come back. And David Tepper, no, 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 not David Tepper, Mark Tepper, he's Strategic Wealth Partners. He he, he said something the other day on CNBC that makes me cringe, but also it's something i got to share. He said, in my opinion, the coronavirus has created a viable pullback. It stinks when you're talking about investment opportunities due to people dying. It stinks when you talk about Hurricane Katrina. Some of my best friends volunteered over not over, but down in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And the amount of gouging that was going on and how many people do you think walked away from their homes and never came back? Too many. But would you be a buyer of cruise ships? Not really my thing. Some oddball is emailing me, and he always signs things like, hey, uh, stop by the laundromat today. It's just a little bit odd, but he likes to take advantage of situations. He's looking for, like, he's sending me emails like, um, now that David Wilpon and um, the Mets, their sale isn't going to go through there was a weird Steve Cohen purchase. He agreed to pay for it. They did the due diligence. He, he backed out. Major League Baseball is mad at this Steve Cohen super billionaire because he backed out. But the previous owner have basically run that team into mediocrity. And he wants to stick around for five more years as operating president or something. But So this guy emails me. And he goes, uh, "Hey, what do you think about buying uh, Madison Square Garden? Because, uh, you know, someone will eventually buy the Mets and they'll drive the price higher. A little too simple. you got to be careful that you're not doing it a little bit too simple. As a swear garden, A, doesn't have a relationship with the Mets per se. They're more of a play on um, the New York Rangers and the New York Knicks. And there was a story earlier this week about basketball valuations growing. But the Dolans family seems to be hated in the basketball circles for not being able to put a competitive team on the court. Um, I wouldn't be investing based on a baseball deal falling apart. If you want to look at MSG and say there's some valuations there because they own Radio City Music Hall, they own some other properties, Madison Square Garden itself, and uh, that's fine. I just don't know if I want to get too gimmicky with it. I'm more of a numbers guy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.